You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenchurch.com. So today, Palm Sunday, we are going to be actually doing a communion Sunday, and I'm so excited about this. So, But normally, if you've been going here for more than a month, you find that on Communion Sunday, we do two songs, do a little thing, do a little word, and have our communion. Today, we're going to have communion at the end of the message because this message is centered around communion. Communion was never meant to be a religious, um, like, ritual. Jesus said, do this often in remembrance of me. And, and it's actually a weapon we have in our arsenal, and I want to teach on that a little bit today. Communion is not just, you know stale crackers and old juice. It is, it is a powerful, it is a powerful thing that we have in our arsenal as Christians. So the title of my message today is The Good, The Bad, and The Victory. The Good, The Bad, and The Victory. So communion has opened a door for some really good stuff. It has closed the door on some really bad stuff, and it has paved a way for our victory, and that's where we're going to go today. So um, I want to start with Luke twenty-two nineteen through 20. And it says this. This is Jesus with his disciples. Mind you that when you're at the end of a season, end of a journey, and you know you're about to go and die on a cross, what you say at the last time you're hanging out with your people is kind of important. <laughs> right? Just like, I mean, let's just be honest. Like, that's the moment where you're not just, you know, shooting the breeze. You are talking about... The things that matter. And so Jesus took this time to explain the importance of communion. He said, and he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in the remembrance of me. This is Luke 22, 19, 20. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this is the cup of a new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. So communion reminds us that we're healed. It reminds us that we're free. And it reminds me that we're victorious. And it's through Jesus that we have that. So first healing. I want to start off by letting you know that this campus, this church, is a house of healing. We don't just pray, uh, and I'm not knocking you if this is how you pray. I had to learn this when I got to a spirit-filled church. But we don't just pray, God, if it's your will, give the doctors wisdom. Let them learn from this. There's nowhere in the Bible where Jesus came up to a leper and said, God, if it's your will, take it away. It's just not how he prayed. He walked up and said, you, be clean. He commanded the blessing. Okay, and so we don't pray weak prayers at Awaken SLC. We pray confident, courageous, bold prayers. Now, you might be asking yourself, well, what if they don't get healed? Let me ask you this. What if they do? If nothing happens, if nothing happens, they're exactly the way they were before. You have not devastated their whole life. We have this fear, and I get it. I do understand. We have this fear of like, oh, man, do I have enough faith? And we get in our head about it. But God didn't ask us to contemplate to pray for the sick. He said, this is my commandment. Pray for the sick, cast out demons, heal people. That's a commandment. So I challenge us, let's go for it. Let's go for it. God responds to our faith. Okay, I can, I, I mean, I'm not just speaking uh, hypothetical. 
But I do want to talk about that. If you've never seen a, a legit miracle, the Bible never says we have permission to change our theology, theology based off of our experiences. It never said that. What it says is we have to trust the word, trust what it says, and let our, let our stretch, let our faith match up with the word. So we have the power to heal. We have the, I've seen, um, you know, I can give personal stories to this, but first I want to let the Bible do the speaking because that's the word, right? Isaiah 53, 5 said this, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. His chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. See, we have to understand that theologically, if you, if you watch the progression of God unfolding the law to the Israelite people about sacrifices for sin, that was always a temporary fix. The pure spotted lamb or the pure unspotted lambs that they would bring in weren't enough to atone for everything. Everything that, you know, the generational stuff, all the stuff coming down. So when Jesus came, that was the final atonement, but he only needed to die for the sin thing. Think about it. The whips, the stripes. He gave his body. He gave his body so that we could have healing. Okay, let, let, our, let our theology create our experience, not our experience create our theology. Come on, come on and press into that. That's good preaching because that's the Bible, it's not me. <laughs> we have access to total healing. The trick, though, is to begin to take our thoughts captive. Because here's the truth. And it's pretty evident when you read your Bible, especially in Exodus. The Holy Spirit doesn't really understand complaining or whining. Because it doesn't line up with how he sees you. He's like, wait, if you believe in Jesus, you've been adopted. You're a son of God. You are seated in heavenly places, the Bible says. And you have an ambassador in heaven in Jesus standing the ground for you. So when we go to him and say, oh, it's so hard. And the person was mean to me and didn't say hi at church. You know, like when we come in with that, I just, it's, it's not that the Holy Spirit doesn't care. He's compassionate. He loves us. But he's like, what are we, what, what's he talking about? Does he know who he is? Does he know that he has angels at his dispatch if he wants to call? Does he understand? And we see this, we see this in uh, Exodus with the Israelite people. Now, I give them grace. They just spent 400 years being trained to be slaves. Changing their mindset was, was a huge task. But at the same time, you know, Whenever, just read through Exodus. Whenever there was whining, not the best response from God. Like, you know, like, thank God we have Jesus in the covering for our whining now. But like, you know, he's like, oh, you're whining? Here's some fiery snakes for you, okay? <laughs> but even that was to prophesy. Because it says that when the fiery snakes came because of whining. So God just, he loves us, but he, it doesn't compute. It's not a heavenly language. There's no whining in heaven. Okay, but, but you know who is attracted to whining? Oh, the devil. Them fiery snakes. He, oh, he loves it. That's his jam right there. He's like, oh, they're sounding like a victim. I got it. Yeah, baby. He loves that jam. He knows he can do his finest work. Next thing you know, he'll be like, ooh, I'm just going to have that person at church say something at the wrong time. And, ooh, they're going to get offended. And then, 
you know, they ain't going to come for a month. And then they'll get mad because no one noticed or they didn't think anyone noticed. You know, he just, he, that's how he works. He loves the language of whining. And, hey, first thing, let me tell you, I am preaching to the choir. I have my moments, okay? Me, like, the Holy Spirit's got to check me on that. In fact, to be honest, this last 21 days of my life have been the most busy I think I've ever been. I whined a few times. <laughs> And you know what? It got me nothing but more worried. Then I started doing this crazy thing. I said, hey, God, could you help me with this? For instance, I'll just give you a little story. I have like a dozen of these. I was, our movers were loading up a truck, and I had five propane tanks because I believe in barbecuing. It's important. <laughs> yes. Yes. The Lord made me, wouldn't have intended us to be vegetarians. And I know that because cows are made of steak. That's just how it is. <laughs> kidding. If you're a vegan, that's fine. I'll pray for you after. Um, but I had five propane tanks that I wanted to bring with my barbecue. And even though they're empty, they said you can't bring the propane tanks. And this is like, I'm getting on a plane in a couple hours. So I just, I, you know, I'm whining. I'm like, God, I don't have time to take, where do you even take an empty propane tank? I always fill them up. I don't know where to drop them off. Anyways, I just say, God, can you help me with this? My buddy who lives out in the country randomly calls me two minutes later. He's like, hey man, I'm driving by your house. Can I come by and say goodbye, give you a hug? And I'm like, wait, he lives off of propane. Hey, bro, do you want five propane tanks? Oh, I was going to buy two tomorrow. Oh, my gosh, thank you. See what I'm saying? The difference? God, help me with this. God, be there with me with this. God, you're with me in these things. It's a little story, but it's very true. And I can go into bigger stories. Let me tell you something right now. I've been healed in this church. I went through a really bad battle with depression probably five or six years ago on antidepressants, just kind of runs in the family. Used to, blood of Jesus, got a different family line. But, and I can remember, at Emerge, men get to Emerge. Whatever it takes. Listen, if it's a money issue, come find me. I've been there. We will find a way to get you there. But do not let any excuses not get you to Emerge. I'm at Emerge, and I feel the Holy Spirit say during worship, if you praise me and you go down to the altar, I'll heal you. So praise is always the gateway. When we're in whining, the best thing to do is switch to praise. Remind yourself who God is, then that can remind you who you are in him. Anyways, come up to the altar. This man right here in the front row, Andy Pugh. Andy and Amy, could you guys stand up real quick? I want to introduce you guys. They are also now Utah, Utes, what do we call them? Utanians? They are in. I love these guys. Get to know them. But this guy right here prayed for me on the altar. Boom, I felt a snap in my spine. I can't explain. I literally felt a snap. Since then, I've never needed another one of those antidepressant pills. I've walked in freedom from that. Not saying I don't have a bad moment or a bad day, but I feel complete freedom. There is a noticeable difference. When we couldn't have a baby and our neighbors couldn't have a baby, Pastor Jurgen came to our house. We had both lost a total of five babies, five miscarriages, three for them, two for us. Came, prayed for our house, believed it was something over the house. Prayed, we, were, we shared a wall with our good friends. Prayed over each house, anointed the house. Boom, babies popping out left and right. You know? I have seen miracles in this house. This house is known for restored marriages, for barren becoming fruitful, for people getting healed from cancer, okay? So today as we take communion, Here's my challenge to you. Here's my challenge to you. I'm going to present everything we have in it. And if you will take it and step out in faith, I believe, I know we are going to have testimonies of miracles today. So that's the first, the good. God gave us access to total healing. If it doesn't line up with his word, we have access to get rid of it. Now the bad. 
the bad is gone. I really, you know, when we talk about communion, I think often it's, it, it, it is more lean towards what Jesus has done for us. But in the proper setting of under the blood, remembering the bad that he took from us. Not to go back and feel any shame or guilt, but just to remember that all that stuff that we're bringing into this place can be taken away. Going back to the story of Moses. So Moses was a prophetic, pro, a prophetic prototype, a prophetic vision of what Jesus would do for us, coming and freeing the people. I want you to think about this. Moses didn't, God didn't ask Moses to come in and negotiate with the thing that was oppressing the people. There wasn't a negotiation. It was a simple command, let my people go. No, like, hey, could you give me half, you know, or like, we'll come back once every three years and serve for a couple months. There was no negotiating. It was absolute. It was an absolute. You need to let my people go. God then backed that up, got Moses to let him go, or got Pharaoh to let him go, but God didn't stop there. He didn't stop with a peace treaty. He didn't even stop with uh, Pharaoh saying, you can go. He eradicated the enemy that had been oppressing his people. If you read in Exodus 14, 15, Pharaoh's army, Pharaoh has a change of heart. He just lost a ton of really good priced labor, free labor. And so he goes, what have I done? And he sends the most mighty army in the world at that point. Egypt was unparalleled in their, in their uh, superiority at this time. And God says, I'm going to make sure that this never comes back for them again. He drowns the entire Egypt army under the ocean. Drowns them. Okay, and that is a prophetic, prophetic prototype of what Jesus has done for our past. I need people to hear this today. So many times we are caught up in our past. And the devil, he loves this record, man. This is his jam. Just showing you, remember this. You know, you ever have that? You're randomly in church, you're praising, and then all of a sudden that like weird thing that you did and you kind of feel bad about it. You're like, why is that popping my head right now? It's the devil. He loves that, but Jesus has freed us from our past. Let me go a step further. Whatever comes down your family line. Ah, oh, the devil loves to, oh, you could never lead worship like uh, Lilu. You could never do that. Look, look at the family you came from. God has eradicated, eradicated, not eradicated your family, hopefully, but he, <laughs> but he has eradicated the generational stuff coming down. Okay, your parents got divorced, that doesn't mean you are destined to be divorced. Your dad was abusive, that doesn't mean you have to be abusive. Okay, you were told that you had a certain orientation at one point, that doesn't mean you always have to be there. Our past does not need to hold us where we are. We are not dictated by our past. And when the devil tries to bring up the past, and maybe especially with family, you hold up Jesus because that's my past. That's my current and that's my future. Says, oh, look at the bloodline you come from. No, I came from a new bloodline. I had a blood transfusion in communion. So if I get an inheritance, I look for Jesus for what kind of inheritance I'm going to get. Come on, that's good. The bad is gone. Okay, as we're rounding third here, 
I'm going to take it back for the church kids. Any church kids here, like, raised on a pulpit? Anybody besides me? A couple? Oh, yeah, don't be, don't be shy. Like, that's cool. That's cool. Anybody ever heard of a man named Carmen? Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now you church kids. Like, oh, yep. It's my first concert. Everybody's. All the Christian kids, our first concert. Riot. Righteous invasion of truth. That's all I was allowed to have. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like, this video I'm about to show is from the early 90s, so, or maybe even 80s, I don't know. So, uh, context, put it there. For you young people, you're like, what is this? But this guy was a general in the faith. He was a general in the faith. You know, truthfully, now, like, I'm a little older, I look back on some of the things, and I, I could probably think cheesy because of my, you know, reference point, but this is not. And he was a general, and so I, I don't even want to say that. This guy would fill stadiums across the world. Across the world. So he wrote this song, and it, it's really about communion the blood. And we're going to share this, and then I'm going to come to my last point, and we're going to take communion together. And so I'm going to go ahead and, Devin, if you, do we have that video? Oh, that takes me back, man. This, that was my first concert, no joke. <laughs> for you. I love how that video ends is that um, Jesus took the beating for our healing. He took the death for our sin and our past and all the mistakes. But he got up for our victory. He got up for our victory. You see, the Bible says that the same resurrection power that was in Jesus is now in us because we're made right with the Father through Him. Once we got right with our daddy, we have access to our daddy. You know that the word of God in your mouth has the same authority and power that it had in Jesus' mouth. It's what Jesus spent three years trying to ingrain in 12 people that He planned on in his words, them doing greater things than even him. His words. See, we're a victorious group of people. Communion, when we take communion above all else, we need to remember the victory that we've been given. We don't work for victory, we work from victory. Which is why whining confuses, doesn't make sense in heaven. You're already victorious. You know, I shared the story here, but when my son was on life support for five days, I took communion so many times in that room. And I would remind that sickness that my son is already healed. So we have victory in Jesus. He's, he's not a uh, get your life together and then come to me kind of God. And so I want to, wherever you're at right now, if you don't feel victorious, know that you already have the victory. But maybe it's time that you need to serve the devil his papers. The Holy Spirit told me very clearly that my job here was to come and serve the devil his papers. 
You see, when you serve papers, the decision's already been made in the heavenly courtroom. The decision was already made that you would be bought for a price, that you would be loved unconditionally, and that whatever you are walking through, whatever mistakes you have made, you could come and look at Jesus and believe in him, and you could have complete forgiveness, complete healing, complete victory. But we've got to serve the paperwork. It's right here. We've got to tell the devil. If you're sick right now in this house, every day, I want to encourage you, take communion and read Isaiah 53. By his stripes, I am healed. I'm serving the devil up a dish today. Because he loves wine, but he hates this. He hates this. So as we get ready to take communion together, I want to read Romans 8.37. Yet in some things, we are more than conquerors. Nope. <laughs> Is that behind me? Okay, good. <laughs> some people went like this. Like, That's not I'm not trying to trick you. <laughs> Yet in all things, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. So we're going to take communion, but I want our heart to be in the right place. The body was broken for us. The blood was shed for us. And how we're going to do this is that I'm going to pray and then we're going to take the communion. And then I want you guys to feel free to take, take a little inventory and let the Holy Spirit highlight maybe an area where you need victory. And we're going to have the pastors and some people, uh, leaders up here, our ministry team up here. And if you can think of an area that you're not seeing the victory and you're ready to serve the devil his paperwork, you're going to come up here with one of them. We're not going to do the whole long story just because honoring time and kids' church and we have kids in church. But come up, just one sentence, financial breakthrough. We need the blood healing in our body. We need the blood. A strange family member, we need the blood. And then our ministry team is going to pray and declare the blood and the body over your situation. And then my only other request is that when God does his miracle, make sure you tell us. Because the power of the testimony, we are going to see some miracles. God is going to move. So I'm going to pray and then we'll take communion together. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We invite you now. We invite you in this room. All you see, Holy Spirit, is a room of winners. You see a room of victorious people. You see a room of people you love. And you know what they have access to in heaven. We have access to bring heaven down to earth. That is our prayer that we would see heaven invade earth in our lives. And if we, out of the overflow, it would hit our neighbors, it would hit our family, it would hit our friends, it would hit our workplace. God, we, we now serve the devil his paperwork. That Jesus paid the price. His body was broken for our healing. He was nailed to a cross for our freedom and our forgiveness. And he rose, giving us the authority to for resurrection power to flow through our lives 
into every area of our life. So we'll open these and grab the bread if you haven't already. God, right now we remember that your body was broken for us. covering every area of our life, washing us clean, giving us freedom. In your name, amen. Okay, the band's going to do a song here. And um, real quick, before we open up the altar, I would be very uh, unwise to not give this offer um, right out. If you're in this house, and you don't know Jesus, you've never asked Jesus to be in your heart and be your savior, or maybe kind of in the past, you kind of think you did, but you don't have that solid surety, and maybe you've been doing your own thing, and you just need to come back to Jesus. I want to give you an opportunity. I want to pray with you real quick. I'm going to do a quick hand raise, and uh, so we're going to have everyone close their eyes, and listen, if you're new, or you've been here a long time, and you need to get right with Jesus, just feel no shame or no worry what people will think in here. Everyone in here, this is the safest room in the world to ask Jesus in your heart because we all done that. We all like welcome to the family. Like that is not something we're like, oh, I can't believe they need Jesus. Of course we do. We're very aware we need Jesus. And so let's bow our heads real quick. And just if, if you need me to include you in that prayer today, if you need me to include you to ask Jesus to come into your life, to be your Lord and Savior, to tap into being a child of God or you're just feeling very far from him and you need to just step up and say, I'm rededicating my life. On the count of three, would you do me a favor and just raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for? I'm just gonna go right to it. One, two, three. Who's that person? Thank you. Thank you. So brave. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Once I've seen your hand, you can put it down. Thank you so much. I'm so proud of you. Anybody else? I see you. Thank you. Proud of you. I feel like there's one more person. You're wrestling with God. You're like, oh, I don't know. There you go. Proud of you. Man, I still feel like there's one more person. And I, you know, you're like, okay, if he asks one more time, then he's talking, you're talking to me, God. Is that one more person? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Church, can we all repeat this prayer? And if you raised your hand, our team has a gift they want to give you. It's a book called The Bible. It's a good one. If you already have one, go ahead and take it. You can you know, sell it on eBay or give it away or read two Bibles. Um, and then uh, also a book called Following Jesus, which just gives you kind of the next steps of laying good foundation. And finally, for those of you who asked Jesus in your heart, whether it's first time reading, like, just welcome to the family, baby. Welcome to resurrection power. Welcome to forgiveness. Welcome to strength. Welcome to victory. I'm telling you, God's going to do a mighty work. So church, let's pray this out loud together. Dear Jesus, we ask you to come into my life. We thank you that you died for me, that you love me, and that you've forgiven me. I give you the steering wheel now. 
you're in charge and I want to follow you because I know you are the source of life, love, and true joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, come on, yeah, we can give them a hand. Thank you, Jesus. So now, church, before we leave, we'll let the band do it. I apologize when I'm a minute or two over here, but um, I just don't, don't leave here if, if you haven't declared the blood over something that needs to have a victory in your life. Don't, don't leave here without, you know, coming up and coming in agreement. The Bible says we're, uh, where there's agreement, where two or more are gathered, whatever you ask given. And so we're going to have our ministry team and our pastors come up here and, uh, you know, the song will be worship. If, if you're totally good, and I mean totally good, like you're like, I can't, I've just been, I'm kicking butt and taking names every area of my life, then, you know, feel free, go grab your kids. But we want to honor and do some ministry time here and give people a chance. So ministry team, come up. We love you. And we're going to pray and band's going to play a song and uh, have a great Sunday and make sure all of my victorious men, you're at men's prayer this Tuesday. It's going to be epic. And make sure you bring like 20 people. It's not a question if you're coming for Easter. I just want to encourage you, bring everybody. It's the one Sunday that everyone goes, yeah, I'll go to church. So bring them all because Jesus is going to do something awesome. All right, love you guys. And yeah, ministry's available. Let's get some prayer done. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.